I'm Steve. And I'm Kelly. And this is Coupled with Chaos. Accused, Guilty or Innocent, Season 5, Episode 1. How about us covering the show? How about it? You caught me off guard because I thought we were about to do our personal podcast. I understand. I thought your tone would be negative if you found out we might be recording for an hour and a half instead of just an hour. That's not in my plan <laughs> at all. Uh, but. I probably would have snuck a snack back here. We could have. <laughs> I think to start this off is when we think of accused, guilty, or innocent on A&E, we really think of the Angel Bumpus yes. case. And Which so that- has literally haunted me from the day I saw it. You're not one to be cold when it comes to, I guess, sentimental stories, right? Right. You're, you'll shed a tear quickly. Absolutely. This Angel Bumpus thing, we're just going to give a quick recap before we get into this current episode. But if you're a frequent watcher of Accused, Guilty, or Innocent, you should know the Angel Bumpus story from season one. And they updated it at the end of last season. The issue with Angel Bumpus is when she was 13, um, somebody from, I guess, her house, however it happened, right? Somebody was killed and there was duct tape that was taken or at least used from her house. Yes. She was 13. It would have been, what, 11 years later? Uh Uh-huh. They found like a fingerprint from her. They went and looked at it. Cold case thing. Found a fingerprint of hers on the duct tape. On the sticky side of the duct tape. Which we all know that when you tear off duct tape, you have to touch the duct tape on both ends and split it between your hands. So she was 13. And she often helped do projects and handyman things in the garage with her grandfather. Yeah. So... She had every reason to have had a fingerprint on the sticky side of duct tape that came from her garage. So 11 years later, her fingerprint is found on it. She has tried. At this point, she is a mother of two. She's 24 years old. she came from a troubled family. There were a lot of people uh, in trouble, uh, in and out of prison, uh, known to have a drug problem. She was the straightest shooter in her family. Very good student, was not following in her family's footsteps. They found her guilty, although they found somebody else who was like at the crime. Um, They found her not guilty, but her fingerprint on that was enough to convict her. And that was the only evidence. There was nothing that, that showed she had been there. And she was sentenced to 60 years in jail. At the end, a tragedy. At the end of last season, um, they updated it with she a, was going. Yeah, she was going to be given at least a new trial. Yes, and because of some things that hadn't been introduced, that should have been, and so they released her pending the new trial. And before the new trial in August, her defense lawyers were ready for a trial. They came and um, they had a hearing. And they dropped all charges against her. I'm so glad. So I prayed so often for her. That is the update. She is currently living with her. So she she is with her two daughters. I don't know so anything more glad. about that. But she is with her two daughters in Kentucky. Because they had gone to live with the dad's family. So that is very, very good news. Very good. So it makes you very happy. And she was only able to pay for the 
attorney for the appeal because of her, I believe it was her cousin hmm. who was footing the whole bill, working. She was a nurse. Yeah, working lots extra shifts, extra hours just to make it possible. So that's good. It's really just a horrible miscarriage of justice. Totally, just a travesty. Yeah. Really. This week we have season five, episode one. It is, if you haven't watched it or want to watch it in the future, it is on Thursday nights on A&E, whatever your time zone is. Um, But that is where it's at now. Protective mother or vigilante murderer. The basis of the case, if you haven't seen it, was a mother of, I think she has a total of, I think it was six kids. Mm -hmm. Her second child... Um, they moved away, came back. Um, there was some previous abuse issues going on. Um, she left the state, came back and moved a few doors down from unknowingly, she says, moved a few doors down from her. I'm going to guess it wasn't an ex-husband, but. Yes, it was. An ex They were married? Yeah. So, yeah, so they moved down, um. Wendy Howard was her name. She moved four doors down. Kelly Pitts was his name. From Kelly, yeah. But everyone in this has different names. Mm-hmm. So it's it's odd to keep track of who is who. So there was um, – she saw something on her daughter's phone and – 16-year-old and saw it on the phone. She ended up calling the police trying to fill out a report and, and they did and – in that report and afterwards, the statement she gave really was that she would um, take matters into her own hands. She because would, because the, there was a picture that she had shared yeah. with a friend of hers um, and a, the story of her being molested by her father. And so the police said to stay away. She, at While that point armed herself with a gun and proceeded to carry it. Um, Sometime later, um, he was inquiring about taking the daughter on a trip. For the weekend. Had not confronted the – this situation had not been – he had not been made aware that that Wendy was aware of the the photograph. Right. And she confronted him. He was on like a four-wheeler. And – When she showed him what she had – on the phone, he became angry and revved up the four-wheeler and supposedly drove it towards her, at which time she took out the gun and shot him several times. Shot him three times. In the head, all three times. She says self-defense. Um, this, the state, this was in, I think, Southern California is where this was. Um, or where was it? Bakersfield is where it is. Very poor area of California. Um, this area is. So the state says that it was premeditated that she had said before that she would take matters into her own hands. And I think she posted even on social media that, you know, vengeance will be hers, which is really a bad idea. And so she shot and killed him. Um, and, And that's kind of the story that happened. I think that's, what happened before we enter? Um, she seems to be a relatively decent mom, right? Maybe Facebook should have given her a warning. Yeah, 
I mean, let's say this. You, you know, you want to, you know, you're angry, you're excited. I think people go through stuff and, and post, you know, kind of like uh, vague details about stuff and uh-huh. say I'm angry. And and so this is something that, that was really an issue. It turned out to be, between this and the police statement, the real main thing against her. Yeah. Was that they said it was premeditated mm-hmm, because and she said she would handle it herself. She their story is they that she lured him down there to kill him. Um, the whole she just seemed like a bad witness from the start. Like she would be, you know, when you talk to her, you go, "This is a woman who's going to say exactly." The wrong thing. What's on her mind? <laughs> yeah. Without, I mean, the, the, I mean, it's a good quality, right? Sometimes it's a good quality if you want to know what somebody's feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a bad quality if you're on the stand and you don't want to show excitement. Mm-hmm. So she says. Yeah, she like visibly shook every time she spoke about it. Yeah. To anyone. In anger. No, not just anger, just in emotion in general, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Because he'd previously molested another daughter. And nothing was done about that. There, I think right. there's no really, in my eyes, question that this is a bad guy. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I don't think there's any doubt and, about that. And you could tell from listening to the daughters speak about it, they were definitely molested. Yeah, so I don't – the issue for me is before we went – before the trial started and they were talking about this, if I'm the defense team, I like I would want to run we, – we talked about this briefly and you said the, kind of the opposite. I said I'd want to run from the molestation part of this because I wouldn't want this vengeance thing to take over. If you could make the case simple – a, a man, an ex-partner of yours, is revving their four-wheeler at, and coming at you, and you reacted and shot them. This seems pretty cut and dry, right? Uh huh. On on that set of facts alone, like you could, I could say this was justified. Uh-huh. They could get into why do you have the gun, but that's still ultimately you felt threatened and you reacted. It mm-hmm. seems simple, mm-hmm. but it gets muddied by yes. By the underlying issues. And that you said you would arm yourself. and Right. And this turns into an issue in the prosecution, which I loved about this episode, is we got some actual court time. Yeah, just the um, opening, closing. The opening and closing statements. And so that was and at least verdict. That was at least good. I mean, for us, I, I looked at it, it was 20 minutes left and we were headed into the courtroom stuff. The issue for me, and we differed on this a bit was that they reenacted the gunshot thing. And and he was like slam dunk. This clears up where the penetrations were on his head. But, but I didn't think it did that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it cleared it up because I thought... I thought it seemed like a plausible scenario. I thought when they addressed it, when they sent it to us, um, the the because um, you only need to create reasonable doubt. So if it seemed like that could have reasonably happened, then that's a, I, a doubt. I could be mistaken, but I thought that they said in the autopsy that the bullets entered from the back of the head and came out of the face on two of them, 
and the third shot was in the top of the head down. So they reenacted it and got to a point where he had ducked and they could show where he rotated his head yeah. like to turn away. But and I, that that would have created that angle, the top down angle. But I thought it it was still reverse what they said in the autopsy. But ultimately the third one was in the top of the head. So I don't know. It's just tough. She hit him three times in the head while dri- while he was driving a, a thing. Yeah, I'm assuming he was stopped for the other two. Mm. But she hit him in the head once, and then he kept coming. That seems. They said they thought she hit him in like in the chin and the face first, and then he turned away, and that's how the top down happened. Mm. And then she said he got off and stumbled towards her. Because I think that's big. If all three are in the back of the head in yeah, some way, that really sounds bad. So I, I must have gotten that confused because I think that would be the biggest. That would be the biggest thing that you could say. At no point, if somebody's got their head back of their head to you, could you really right. feel threatened? Right. So, the police had told her to avoid contact. The issue is because they didn't want him to know that they were investigating Mm. him at that point. Her bringing the gun in. You know, I guess you just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And when you get somebody who's not a trained heck, we even see it. Right. The Geiger case here in in DFW. Right. Somebody who's trained to use a weapon in an escalated situation. Maybe it doesn't go the way you planned. Mm. And so I think her with the gun probably escalated this faster than it needed to be probably but but it was there right there's she was within her rights to have it mm-hmm. they didn't say anything about it. it wasn't a legal weapon so but you just see how it can escalate mm-hmm. just quickly because if it was an officer you'd want to just stand him down and say stay away but she's not trained mm-hmm. so and I think at no point, if you pull a gun out, you should be ready to use it. Right. It's just going to get you in trouble. So this was the second daughter that had been abused. Mm-hmm. And when that one got investigated, they said there wasn't enough evidence and nothing happened. To, to prosecute. Yeah. I just thought it was fishy that she moved back. Well, I got the to be impression to that because she said... It was my house. So I got the impression that when she left to get away from him, that maybe she had rented out the house. And so when she when she lost the place she moved to, she said it was the only place I had to go. So she came back to her house I th- and then discovered he had moved in four doors down. I thought only place back to go. I thought that meant back in town. I don't know that that matters. Yeah, I got the impression it was her house. I, what I so didn't he hear, would have moved four doors down knowing that that was her house. Was how long she had lived there, you know, with him being four doors down. Or yeah. even if that was an issue. So She said she hoped when she found out that he would just keep to himself. Yeah, what did you think about the phone call, right? So the sister... The sister who was originally abused is the one who called the police. And the mom was in the background. Wendy was in the background kind of hollering about this. Yeah, and the daughter said 
uh, this is how it has to be handled. Mm. Like she was maybe telling her not to call the police. But the daughter said the reason she didn't want her to call the police is because when they did that before in, in her case, they never did anything about it. They they never prosecuted or anything. Yeah. The police statement that Wendy made was that I'll do whatever I have to do to protect my family if threatened. So I really thought the domestic abuse thing needed to be shielded from this. But the prosecutor came – he came right out with it immediately. There was no not talking about this because they were going with the you knew about this. You had an issue. You lured him down there. You knowing what they know, do you think even charging her was 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 wise of the prosecution? Well, I mean, they must have thought that she premeditated it, but like I said to you, the jury knowing that he was a nasty dude who had clearly molested two of his own daughters, even almost to adulthood. Yep. Uh for me, that I thought that probably may have Worked weighed in her benefit. favor because they go, hey, this was a horrible person. He deserved what he got. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it could go either way. It depends on how people yeah, feel about that Yeah, I'm a bit too like, structured and factual in how I deal with things. Uh-huh. Like for me, I go, well, this really doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. But jurors are emotional. Yeah. And we know that they don't always follow the rules in what you consider and don't consider. Right. I thought, you know, it would have been enough if somebody's revving and coming at you threatening, threateningly with a vehicle, then I think you're within your, your rights to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's an issue. I saw the domestic abuse groups outside protesting. You know, it really used this as a thing. And, all before the trial, I'm going, you know, I think you should downplay this just because of it, it, it just more of an elevated, escalated thing. And she claimed he had been physically abusive mm. with her as well. Yeah. During all the years of their relationship. The, the prosecutor came out with this was premeditated. You lured him down there and this happened. The defense opening statement really was this was a threatening thing. She shot him. She stopped when the threat was over. Yeah, it's not like she stood over him and emptied a gun or something. I was surprised. The oldest daughter was on the – they said she was on the stand for two days. Wow. That's interesting. It seems a lot. The daughter – The older the one. The 16-year-old daughter um, who this was about um, – she was inside the house when this happened and claimed to have watched the entire thing take place through the window. And this was part of the issue because what Wendy said was, you know, he had this crazed look in his eye uh-huh. and then he revved it and he came at me. And some point. She said she'd seen that look before when he had physically abused her. At some point in Bailey's testimony, she said that he had sunglasses on. Mm. And so this turned out to be an issue of contention, and and maybe even Bailey's testimony isn't really, I don't know, um, too beneficial. I think it sounded like it was an issue. Everybody was like it. 
yeah, messed with her credibility. Yeah, and and evidently when she went, was very traumatized by the abuse. Well, you think about you witness somebody die, and if you think about it as somebody who has been victimized, you never know how she reacts. Right. She may believe still that this is her fault. Whether it be the abuse, you know, abuse people, people who are abused. Yes. You're just not coming from a place where people who haven't been abused can realize it. Right. People say, well, maybe I did something to encourage the abuse. Right. Maybe, maybe I it, attract this kind of person. Maybe if I right. didn't tell my friend about it on, on whatever chat she was using, if I didn't do that, then this person would still be alive. Mm-hmm. When in fact, you know, none of it is Bailey's fault. Right. But it doesn't mean that she won't think that it is. Right. So for her, the testimony had to be tough. And and, yeah. and the prosecution, they were prosecution witnesses. So. So in the end, they found her. Well, wait, I thought, what did you think before the trial? I mean, before the verdict, what did you think the verdict would be? They charged I wasn't her. sure. I thought it could go either they way. They charged her with first degree murder, second degree murder. Um, what was it? Um, manslaughter and voluntary manslaughter and, and, in, and um, involuntary involuntary manslaughter. So they so charged there three. There were three charges. One was um, voluntary manslaughter. One was involuntary manslaughter, and then the highest one was premeditated. They did murder, murder. two and murder one. They had. I mean, I guess they just they run the gambit. So I thought I really did. From everything that I saw, I thought the verdict would be guilty. And so as they're reading stuff, it's not guilty all yeah. across the board, except for. It was not guilty for the premeditated murder. It was not guilty for invol- involuntary manslaughter. And it was a hung jury on, on voluntary. the voluntary manslaughter. Which strikes me as odd in yeah, all of this. Yeah, that was weird. Because I think if if they go straight at and they leaned towards guilty, yeah, it was like seven five. Yeah, seven five is exactly what it was, which meant nothing gets resolved. This is a mistrial, right? But they couldn't retry her on the charges she was not guilty of. Oh, is that how that works? Yes. So the only charge they could retry her on was voluntary manslaughter. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd miss that part of it. Yeah. I thought the whole thing would get thrown no. out because of that. No, no, because they had a verdict on the other charges. Because mm. the smaller charges were lesser included charges. I just don't get how you could, how it would be involuntary manslaughter that you would say, this is, of all things, I think this is the one that probably applies here. Well, I think that's like an accident, but she did intend to shoot him. So that makes it voluntary. It would be like if she said she fired a warning shot and hit him, uh-huh. then it would be involuntary. Is that yeah, uh, is yes. that what it would be? Yeah, she didn't mean to shoot him. It would be like if he actually ran her over with the four wheel, he could say, "I didn't. I was just scaring her. I didn't mean to hit her with the with the vehicle." Yeah, without the intent, I yes. believe. So it's hard to point a gun at somebody, shoot them in the head three times, <laughs> and then say it was an accident. Yeah, right. So I get it. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. So they go to retry her, and here comes the deal. The deal is time served, year probation, voluntary manslaughter. Yeah. 
But if, that's a felony conviction. If she went to trial, the possibility of 21 years with a guilty verdict. Yeah. Would you think? And the, and the daughter, Bailey, said she could not go through another trial, that it was too traumatic, reliving everything and talking about her abuse and all that. And she she didn't want to have to do it again. I'm colder than most. I, I'm not sure that – I mean at what point if it was going – if say they offered her a five-year deal. So you know what? All this, you're going to serve five years. Does she still make the same – because she accepts the deal mm-hmm. and takes time served. Yeah. But what if there was going to be more time? And what what's the line where yeah, you go, okay, um, I get that this is going to be tough for you. I guess you away how it's going to affect your life and, and you have, children's life. She still has three younger kids living at the house. Right. So it's still a thing. Yeah. At what point, you know, do you, I don't know. I think she couldn't not take the deal. Yeah, I thought there was no option of her not taking right. it. I'm not Although sure. Although she said she didn't like, you know, saying that she's a murderer. All and things. Having a felony conviction. All things considered, she had served, what, 100 days? And, and what did she had? $500,000 bond is what she yeah, had. And the cost of this attorney. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, I mean, this has set her back quite a bit. Yeah, Hopefully, sure. the domestic violence groups that. We'll came yeah that were protesting yeah. didn't look to be a big group but it's not a big area mm-hmm. i mean we all think of california as kind of you know gigantic yeah you think of it as you know los angeles and sacramento and san francisco but you get to this part of california and that's it, not how it is mm-hmm. so it's not a big area so i hope hopefully she got some help with that i mean ultimately I don't know. I, it's hard to say justice was served, right? I, I think the state had to prosecute. I don't think you can go around um, killing people. Yeah, and so I mean, ultimately, for me, that is a problem. It really was her statements prior to that made her look guilty. What did you think? Did you think she was guilty, or did you think it was just as she said it was? I don't. I think it was kind of a mixture between. I mm-hmm. don't think she lured him down there to kill him. It's not uh-huh. the feeling that I got. Right. I, I think that part of it was as she intended. She, yeah, she said they started to argue when he wanted to take her for the weekend. Cause she couldn't allow that to happen, and that was when she showed him that she knew what he'd been doing. She's obviously and you know we heard from even her being on the stand and getting excited she's an excitable person uh-huh. i could see that thing elevating and escalating quickly right. and her probably not being in control because of all the things that had happened right and her escalating it severely yeah i think about how i would react if that were my kid what's what happens when look you get a little more brave when you have a gun Right. So she pulls the gun out. Whether or not he revved the engine or she felt threatened, I don't even know that she probably even remembers. I think it was probably she was your know, heart's racing. Of everything. She's mad. Mm-hmm. She's confronted him. Um, he probably scoffed. Yeah. You, like, what are you going to do and, about it? And completely could have threatened her in some way or come at her in mm-hmm. some way. But it's the weapon, right? Yeah. It's having that in that situation took it to another level. You know, could she have retreated to the house? I I don't know. It's it's having that gun. 
you know, and, and she may have pulled it out in a threatening way. And then he calls her bluff and comes at her. Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to do? So I think it's somewhere in between. I don't think she meant to kill him five Before minutes, him. five right. minutes before she did. So this is where you kind of get it in there. It's, it's my line of involuntary manslaughter, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think this is was her intent. And, you know, you get into these cases, these domestic issues where somebody kills a spouse and they kind of go, you know, it's in a fit of rage this happened. Uh-huh. Not that it excuses anything, but it's some kind of temporary insanity or right. something i i think she was not extenuating in circumstances right i think that that bailey probably has a better vision of what happened than wendy probably does and she was involved in it mm-hmm. because of the weapon and the shooting and all of that going on it, it it's probably just a blur i looked at social media a little bit and you know the it's generally he got what he deserved. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I not figured jurors would feel that way because of what he did, regardless of what they thought about the actual incident itself. I think it's still not right. Right. I think. But you, that's kind of how people are. You can't be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Right. Exactly. And I'm not saying anybody was making up a story. No. But. But I also teenage know, girls have known been known to make up some stuff. Yeah, but I don't think that was the case. I do here. not think this was the case. No. Um, but I'd hate to go down that road. You know. Yeah, I I recognize the trauma in her. That yeah, I don't real. think there's any doubt here. No. I'm not trying to lessen any other abuse victims. I was abused myself. Me too. Much younger. Um, but. I just don't think you can go around shooting people. Right. So the, the police but I, knew. But I do understand the outrage in the mom. And I well, can can't. understand how in the moment, you know, especially if she confronted him and maybe he, you know, made light of it or said, what are you going to do about it? Her or whatever. I, she would have just exploded. Yeah. I wonder what the police could have done differently here. Yeah. Other than because you can imagine this be something they want to talk about. They go, hey, do we want to get a warrant for his phone, for his computer? Mm -hmm. You know, do we want to get this kind of stuff and really go after this guy? Because if we alert him, he could just delete this stuff. Right. And I'm not sure this police department's that sophisticated that they could retrieve all of this data. Uh, And so I I guess that's the thought for the police to just advise her. To stay away from him. Mm-hmm. It's probably, I, I don't know. She didn't have a lot of faith in the police because of what happened before. And I can understand. Which that. probably led her to and the it, gun. And it can be frustrating. You know, I was physically abused by someone. And the day they were moving out, they made all kinds of threats. Mm-hmm. Of harm to me, harm to my vehicle, harm to my home. And I was scared and I called the police Mm. and I said, you know, I've been threatened, you know, verbally. He's hurt me before and uh, he's moving out on this day and I would appreciate it if you would, 
just be present in the cul-de-sac while he's retrieving his belongings so nothing escalates. And they said, no, unless he actually does something, we, we don't get involved. They didn't care at all no. at prevention. Mm. So I was afraid to be there. And I just, he was packing up his stuff and he like got frustrated thinking in his own head as he took his stuff out to his vehicle and like slammed his elbow into the wall and shattered a, um, an outlet. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I can't be here anymore. So I went to the neighbor's house and asked if I could just stay inside their house until he drove away because mm -hmm. I was scared. Right. And so that's what I did. And, um, a friend came and got me. And took me to the mall just to kill time and to let him leave. But, you know, it was, I don't know what would have happened if I had sure. had somewhere to go. And so, you know. The it's, frustration with it's, the police. It's is. frustrating that they are supposed to protect and, and, and defend. defend and serve the community. But you ask them for help in a legitimate threatening situation and they're not interested. Until after the fact. Right. When they could put in an ounce of prevention. Mm. And so that's... Well, there's probably a ton of just false alarms that that would be the issue. Is there just aren't enough officers. So the issue is, you know, I was abused. You know, and you go, ultimately, does that person deserve to die because of that? Mm -hmm. And you go, you know, your emotions take over and you go, well, sure. This guy <laughs> deserves what he got. Uh-huh. But ultimately, does they? Right. Do they deserve to die? Well, obviously, every person should have the opportunity to repent and change their ways. And, and even defend themselves. Right. So. So even by going to prison, they still have time and opportunity to do something different. Yeah. We don't want to get into the Wild West, everybody taking law into their own hands. But at some point, you do get frustrated with law enforcement. Right. And then what do you do? You've got this imperfect storm and things like this then happen. And then the court system has to deal with these things. Yeah. And it's not simple. It's not cut and dry. And it's sad then that the person who was probably the victim in the first place can end up being the only one they ever prosecute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah, they're coming after somebody. Right. And so Wendy's who they go after. Yeah. So I don't know how many more. What, typically there's about 10 of these, 8 to 10. Of these accused guilty or innocent sitting around. So we are going to cover them. They're, they're good trials, um, good cases. It's, it's, it's really, I think, interesting discussion to have. So we will, the other ones that you get will be subscription only. So this is one that we will, we will put out. And this is pretty much what you're going to get. Um, so subscribe. There's a bunch of other stuff in there. If, you, if you're with us, you can kind of figure out all the stuff that we, we do. So We also have a personal podcast that we will be doing at the same time that we sit down to do this. Surprise. Thank you for listening. You can listen to the rest of this episode by subscribing to our Coupled with Chaos channel on Apple. By subscribing to our Patreon. 
or by subscribing to our Supercast for $3.99 a month, where you can hear us talk about reality shows, real life, and more on our podcasts, covering shows airing on TLC, A&E, Bravo, and the WE Network. Just follow the instructions in the show notes, tell your friends about this podcast, and rate and review us on your favorite podcast player. Follow us at Coupled with Chaos on all the socials, or contact us directly by email at coupledwithchaos at gmail.com. 